Welcome to How You Spend Your Days. The goal of this show is to explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and share my own journey of becoming debt-free. My name is Colin Loretz, and this week we are talking about freelance finance with Laura Catlin. Uh, Laura is a freelance content creator and uh, excited to have her on the show. So welcome, Laura. Thank you. Hi. So on this show, I have mentioned freelancing quite a bit, um, but we've never really fully gotten into it. And so today um, I wanted to have you on the show just because we've kind of shared a lot of the same trials and tribulations of freelancing and a lot of this stuff, if you've ever freelanced or if you're looking at freelancing, maybe even on the side, if you have a job, maybe you're looking to make extra money. uh, These are the kinds of things that I think every freelancer runs into when they're first getting started. Uh, And then even for both of us, we've been doing this for a while, and it's still something that we run into, which is really focusing on uh, how to make the numbers make sense as a freelancer. um, Because it's, you know, you don't have a salary, you don't, it's not a given how much money you're going to be making every month. And so we have to do a different kind of work to make sure that we can get paid. Um, So before we jump into that, um, how would you describe the kind of work that you do and how long have you been freelancing? Well, I um, I started as a writer, a content writer, and then I moved into social media um, for a couple of years. Um, I recently went back into writing again and kind of general content creation for social media. Nice. So. And how did you get into that from uh, what you were doing before? <laughs> so, so <laughs> I've been freelancing now for... I think like 12 years okay, um, or maybe even a little more. Um, I got into it because I am not very good at having a boss. That's, that's one way. Um, and then also the longer story is that um, I started as a copywriter because I was bartending in university and these two guys came up from a big advertising agency in London and um, – I started asking them about like jobs and both of them were copywriters and both of them were like, you should copyright, (laughs) you know. Um, So they helped me along the way, kind of mentored me. Uh, I didn't make any money for the first couple of years. I was still bartending for a long time. Um, But I also wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing it full time Mm -hmm. at all, just learning. Um, One of the two guys had his own uh, agency and the first thing he did when I walked through the agency doors was point at this massive bookshelf full of copywriting books. And he's like, read all of those and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so I kept going in every day and reading these. And yeah, I don't know. And then, you know, there's I went back to work and I've gone back to freelancing over the years. But I've had, I think, 42 or 43 jobs in my life. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's how good I am at getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> that, that not having a boss thing. Yeah, that not having a boss thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's pretty common. Uh, a lot of freelancers um, will get into it by kind of moonlighting and doing it on the side while they have something that can guarantee them income. Uh, and then eventually, I mean, the goal and the dream is that you grow your freelancing so that you can quit your job and have control over your time. And really then for most of us, you're spending all of your time working, uh, instead of, you know, just to make sure that the ends meet. Um, but some people also fall into it because 
they get let go from a job and so they have a skill and they don't really have any other choice. They can go get another job or they can just use that skill. Um, and it sounds like, I mean, it's something that we can always fall back on. Like if you got a job tomorrow and then you left, you have freelancing to fall back on, which is pretty powerful in terms of having options, in my opinion. It's true. But uh, for you as a freelancer, uh, when I invited you on the show, how do you approach money or how do you think about money uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, in the everyday that you're working on content creation, you also have to think about these other steps of making sure that you can go out and find clients, you know, pitch a client, get the project, do the project, but you also have to get paid, right? And a lot of people will say that you got to get paid up front or you got to get paid on milestones. So you're getting paid before and during the project and then hopefully after the project. How does that look for you and, and how do you approach money as a freelancer? Well, um, I started, I mean, I've, I've struggled with it over the years a lot. Um, I, when I first started, I would do a 50% upfront and then 50% at the end um, payments. But, you know, that can change sometimes when you have different clients. I now work with like a lot of agencies and they have different, you know, different rules for their departments and whatnot. So I almost never get paid up front anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have like, some of them even have like a net 30 or a net 60, which means they're not going to, they're not going to pay until like 30 days out or 60 days out. So, I mean, it's kind of, as far as like getting paid, that's still kind of all over the place for me because of the different clients that I have. Um, as far as like tracking what I get paid, when I get paid, <laughs> um, it's uh, I have a spreadsheet that I use and it kind of, as you do, I know you do, <laughs> mm-hmm. it kind of totals it out for me. Uh, I used it in the beginning. I was super excited about it, stopped using it for a long time just started again recently um, and use it kind of every other week to track. Yeah. So as a creative, I have found it difficult over the years. And I think I found it really difficult to come to terms with the fact that I had to do these other side of the brain things, um, like using spreadsheets, for instance. Now I've kind of, I've realized that if I don't track what's coming in and when it's supposed to be coming in, almost never comes in when it's supposed to come in, um, then my bank account's going to go past zero and I'm going <laughs> to have to use credit cards again and then pay those back again. So tracking is a part of it. And I think there is some kind of creativity to it. You can still make it somewhat fun. Um, I still don't find it entirely fun, but I'm getting there. <laughs> yeah, that's about where I'm at with that. Cool. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the big thing with freelancing is managing cash flow, which I don't think anyone, like when you went into writing, you didn't think like, I'm excited to do cash flow management, right? But, uh, you know, when you have a salary, you have a set amount of money that you expect every month and you can plan and make budgets and, you know, live your life that way. Whereas with freelancing, you know, you may have an amount that you know you're owed, but you may not get that this month. And uh, something that I don't have personally, but I know would make freelancing easier is like some kind of buffer of like what everyone says you need to have like the three months of living expenses right like if you had that net 30 net 60 doesn't matter but then you know not everyone's in that position when you start freelancing you're almost never in that position uh if if you're looking at freelancing on the side or looking if you have a job now 
maybe th- start socking away that uh, buffer so that when you do get into freelancing, you don't have as much of a cash flow issue. Um, but it's still best to try to get paid as soon as you can. And this is something that I too am still struggling with, still working on because there's that dreaded, you know, the check is in the mail thing that you hear from a client. And, you know, I don't assume any bad faith from clients. Um, it's just that sometimes it just falls to the bottom of their to-do list or they really did think that they paid you, but it's sitting on someone's desk or just whatever. There's just so many things that can happen to get in the way. And so I've been trying to find tools to make it easier to get paid, like using, uh, I use something called Bonsai now. Um, it allows for bank transfers and, you know, obviously they can still send in a check. Um, but then you still have, you know, your check in the mail every day to see if you got a check and then you got to deposit it. And from that money, you know, once you do finally get paid, we don't get to keep all of that, right? So we have expenses that we have for running our business. Uh, we have to take a portion of that for taxes. You may have, you know, things like health insurance and all those other things that we have to pay for. And so after all that said and done, then we get to pay ourselves and then we rinse and repeat the whole process of, you know, either getting a new project with an existing client or finding new clients and starting new projects, which means a whole nother group of people that we have to learn how they work and they have to learn how we work. Um So uh, despite all that, what would you say are some of the pros and cons of freelancing? uh, And do you find it worth it? It sounds like since you've been doing it for so long that you must. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a mountain that I'll keep climbing. It's always a learning process. Things are changing constantly, but not completely. Um, Once you have like a kind of a base and you're into somewhat of a rhythm, you know, like it gets easier. But it's definitely worth it for me because I I really have no no other choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I'm so good at losing jobs purposefully <laughs> or otherwise that um, freelancing is. I've I've been I've made sure that I have to freelance because I love it so much. But there is this kind of harder thing to deal with, which is the money side of things and the tax side of things Mm -hmm. and seeing that money go away to other people. (laughs) And the second it comes in is like dust. But but yeah, it's it's definitely worth it. And I I, I often have to remind myself like that I don't have to get up at, you know, 7.30 or 8.30 in the morning and sit in traffic and deal with a boss and sit in a cubicle maybe, you know, I don't have to deal with any of that. Mm -hmm. So that, those are just some of the pros for me um the cons are learning how to manage time manage people and manage money um i think with people it's a lot of boundaries have to be put in place um with people and money together people that are supposed to be paying us money like um i think they definitely need the original boundaries from your first conversation and then they also need to know that you're serious about getting paid on time um because otherwise if you're if you're just like oh it's it's fine oh pay me whenever or oh that's all right it's fine that it's still on sharon's desk whatever (laughs) you know (laughs) like um if you allow that to happen they'll just keep pushing and pushing and pushing because you've basically pushed yourself to the bottom of their priority list um so you have to be as strong as you possibly can um, while still being civil. And then um, 
time management. I think I, I learned time management through working in social media where you're constantly on. Um, I also learned boundaries from that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was answering, you know, I was working literally like all the time, every weekend, every vacation. And it really started to bother my boyfriend. <laughs> um, and so I kind of had to reevaluate a few things like, okay, this is great. But it's not all that great if I'm not managing my time. And if I'm not managing my time, I'm getting paid a quarter of the amount that I thought I was being paid. Right. Because, so, you know, the time that you have is swelling. And so if you divide that by the amount you're being paid, your your hourly rate goes down at that point. Yeah. 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 It can it can dwindle pretty quickly, um, particularly with like admin tasks and stuff like that. Um, I now use like time trackers um, that are connected. So I use this program called Avaza, but um, it's a time tracking software that also goes into um, my payment software. Mm. I might change though. I'm always changing. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, now I actually like to the minute, because I figured out like how much I get paid per minute to the minute I'm tracking everything. And that includes admin. That includes any time I talk to them or answer an email or anything at all. I'm basically like a lawyer at this point Mm -hmm. because I need to be, you know, time is the resource. It's not, to me, it's not money. Isn't the resource. It freedom and time is the resource. So, but money facilitates that. Right. So, yeah. Does that software track everything you're doing or do you have to start and stop like a timer when you're doing that? Start and stop. Okay. Yeah. So when you do switch tasks, you're starting and stopping. Because I use something called Timeular, uh, and I have to do the same thing. But I've even been trying to figure out, you know, how best to put certain clients on certain days so that it's automatic. Like, you know, this day is when I work on this client. And some of that is boundaries, right? So yeah. any requests that come in from a client on a Tuesday, maybe their day is until Friday. Those all collect until Friday. And that way I'm not pulled out of whatever I'm supposed to be doing on Tuesday to go work on this thing right now. It's like, cool, okay, we now know that you need this thing fixed. We're going to get to it on your day. Uh, mm-hmm. But that also means making sure the client knows what their days are uh, and how that works. And so that's a new thing for me that uh, I have the same issue where just like time swells to all the available time that in my day. Uh, and so if if I only give myself three hours to do a thing, it tends to get done instead of like taking over the full day. Um, but for me, like programming is probably very similar to writing where you it's hard to know how long it's going to take. Um, you know, hopefully you have all the tools when you sit down and start and you can just get it done, but things happen. And then if you have interruptions and distractions from other clients and all this other stuff, it, it becomes a lot to manage. And so figuring out that, you know, I think like you said, time management, uh, boundary management, all those things are important. Um, one of the other really big things that a lot of people talk about in this world is uh, value-based pricing, which I've found to be very difficult um, just because I think this might be more just because people are were uncomfortable, you know, putting a high value on things, right? We always think about how long does it take us. Um, but the idea behind value-based pricing is that you charge what it's worth to the client, what they, what, how much do they value it versus how long does it take for you to, to do it, right? Both of us have been doing this for over 10 years. And so we can do things faster than someone who just started freelancing today. So does that mean that we should only bill an hour for it when it always, you know, would take anyone else a week to do or a couple of days to do? Um, that's one of the things that I've also been thinking about because that's one of those levers that we can pull to create more time for ourselves 
Um, but then you have to find clients that are aligned with that, right? If if for them this thing is worth X and they're going to make Y, then they may not bulk at all. But if there's there's a lot of clients out there that are kind of racing to the bottom and they just want to know how cheaply they can get it done. In which case, they're going to probably be bad clients. They're probably the same clients who aren't going to pay on time. Uh, but we also find ourselves backed into a corner where we need to take sometimes projects that might have red flags. Uh, and I've done that. Uh, almost always regretted it, right? Just to get paid. And then you don't always get paid on time anyway. And so uh, it just becomes a, a, a vicious cycle there. But uh, so I know you're still trying to figure out the money side of things, but do you have any tips for how to get paid on time or uh, anything that has worked in the past? Um, yeah, the 50% upfront <laughs> always worked. Um Although the last 50% can sometimes be difficult to get mm-hmm. once you've already done the work. Um, but other, other than that, I've been trying something recently whereby I have um, set up rem- reminders. So reminder emails that will go out to my clients. And it starts with, you know, like, okay, it's a week late. Okay, it's like 12 days late. And, mm-hmm. like, and then it just kind of, it becomes like, it'll send out more and more emails as time goes on, like, with less time in between each email. Um, so basically I'm just annoying them to death until they pay me. Because, <laughs> um, you know, at that point, like with, at the moment, I'm doing like a lot of one-off projects and I am not afraid of losing, I'm not afraid of losing a client because they could be a bad client or because um, if I'm afraid, and like the other thing is, is like if I'm afraid of losing a client, they know that. Mm-hmm. Like people can sense things. And so there's a lack of respect there. Like I'm not like people need to respect me, but <laughs> they do to a level so that I can get paid on time. Right. And so what I'm what I'm trying now is this kind of reminder thing, which has been working. Um, I think I'm kind of becoming more callous um, very, as of like very recently because I used to get paid on time all the time. <laughs> and like this last year and a half has been like I never get paid on time anymore so I don't right. know well but, you mentioned that you are also working with a lot of agencies and I, I I know that they have a process but I I do wonder how much of you know part of being a professional I think that it, it's being a professional over being callous I use the same thing I use um, the auto-generated reminder from my invoicing system mostly because I think we we don't want it's an emotional thing to sit down uh, to write out an email about, hey, and it's like, how do you phrase it, right? It's like, hey, you know, just <laughs> checking on that check. Uh, it just doesn't ever sound professional. And it's, you know, but if it's just an automated, hey, the reminder is that this thing was due. Yeah. Or even if it's not due yet, like, hey, it's due in five days and it hasn't been paid or whatever that is. So that it removes the emotional, like, you don't have to write something to appeal to this client to pay you. You've already done the work or you're doing the work and there's an agreement. Um, there's a podcast I really like called uh, Double Your Freelancing, uh, which is a you know a lofty goal right there. But the idea that he talks about is that you should always have contracts that favor the professional, uh, and that they should be agreeing to your contract. So this is again not easy to always do. Some agencies are so big they're just gonna override whatever it is that you want. Uh, you may say I need net ten, right? I think what's interesting is like net thirty was designed for companies that had inventory and products because they're going to get paid, you know, 
they pay for the product in 30 days and then they sell it. And then once they have that money, they pay you. We don't have that, right? So there's no real reason for net 30 or net 60. Uh, in agency life, I could see where that would come in because maybe you don't get paid until they get paid by their client. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, figuring out a way that you can at least, you know, an agency should have a buffer where they can pay you something up front so that you have gas in the tank. And Brennan Dunn from W Freelancing um, equates that to, you know, you need the money up front to put gas in the tank so that I can keep moving. And then once, you know, something is due and it hasn't been paid, he stops working. And you don't keep working on that project until you're paid. You know, it's not, oh, no, get to it when you can. It's, no, I'm not working until you pay this thing. (laughs) Uh, And I've been trying to adopt that more. Again, this is not usually any, you know, um, misbehaving on the client side, just again, it's on someone's desk. Someone was out of the office for a week, whatever that is, you know, it ends up meaning, you know, historically that freelancers just aren't paid on time. Uh, and unless you can bill, I think some people bill all of their rate up front, which is awesome, puts the pressure on you to get the work done, but you've already been paid for it. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it puts the power in, in your control and, uh, it definitely shifts how you feel about your work, I think. Uh, so we've talked briefly about our spreadsheets. Uh, I think every freelancer who's ever done this uh, probably has some sort of spreadsheet or tracking system for figuring out what they're working on. Um, I'll, I think I'll be able to, I can publish a version of mine uh, in this so I can show people what it looks like. Uh, and then I also have been starting a new system, which is more just like more time-based, which is making sure I get enough billable hours done in a day because it's very easy to like you said with boundaries let emails and meetings and pitching and all these other things eat up your day and then you realize i didn't actually bill today and then you have to catch up tomorrow or work on weekends or have a longer day or whatever that is just to make sure that you can keep the lights on uh and so trying to make sure that i block out anything that's not essential has been pretty key for me uh, but again, this is a learning process and we keep getting better at it, hopefully. And there's some sliding backwards that will happen, you know, but, um, always learning and always kind of developing from that. So, uh, yeah. So thanks for joining me, Laura. Is there anything that you would, uh, want to leave everybody with about freelancing in general? Um, yeah, actually it's a, it's kind of my mindset on tracking hours and giving away time for free and stuff like that. I, honestly think about it a little it's a bit morbid but I honestly think about it like okay I'm on my deathbed I've got minutes left do I want to give these people minutes for free or do I want to give my family the time mm-hmm. and so you know for me that works because I think about it and I'm like okay no I'm not going to give him these extra minutes to do this and to do that you know and again like you said like it's not the client that's trying to be a pain um it's just kind of human nature and everybody gets tangled up and whatnot but i think for me that is like literally making it about life or death like making it a life or death situation works for me so yeah yeah. i think that that definitely wraps it up perfectly i think that has been what we've talked about in the past about literally how you spend your days um and if we're spending every day and a lot of why this this podcast was named that was 
if we're spending every day stressed about how we're going to get paid, if we're spending every day, you know, feeling like we're always behind, that's literally how you're spending your life. If we've done this for 12 years freelancing and still haven't figured it out, something's got to change and something's got to make a difference there. Um, so hopefully we can both figure that out. And, well, you know, when we have the secrets, we'll definitely share it with everybody. But uh, that'll do it for episode 30. So thanks so much for joining me, Laura. Uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Um, thanks for having me. I can be found on lauracatlin.com, L-A-R-A-C-A-T-T-L-I-N.com. That's my portfolio. And I just started a new website called freelancelifehacks.com. Yeah, so I'll send some people there. Hopefully uh, there'll be some freelance life hacks around uh, getting paid. So be a good article right there. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll catch you all next week for episode 31. Thanks so much. Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. 